Hey, we're back um, <laughs> in a hotel in North Fargo, North Dakota. I wanted to watch the movie before we came, but it ran out of time. So anyway, here we are. I hear it's a good movie. It's an old movie, and it was a good... I have watched it so long ago, I don't even know if it was good or not. But it's a little famous for a wood chipper snow scene that's <laughs> <laughs> Fargo. I need to watch it. I remember there was a crazy lady. That's about all I remember. It was a long time ago. Anyway, uh, we're here. We just finished the NRL Prairie Fire Shootout hosted by Doug Strauss. And it was fun. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was, we'll talk about it. It's, it was unique and yeah. it was pretty fun. So, anyway, Jake's here. Um, our buddy Ralph uh, picked us up at the airport like at midnight on Thursday night. Joe for a few hours, got to bed pretty late on Thursday morning, slept for a few hours and started doing match prep. And then he was cool enough to drop us back off here in town by the airport for our flight out tomorrow morning. So, here we are. So I'm talking about. It's your turn to talk now. Hey, it's my turn to talk. Hey. Uh, as you guys may or may not know, Mr. John won, um, and I was fortunate to get a podium finish in third place. Uh, just a, a really challenging course hold fire. Hold on, hold on. Who got second? Mr. Josh Clough beat me. And, Josh uh, Clough. Boom shock a lot. Everybody's a big fan of Josh Clough. If you've been around him, he's a riot. It was he burned it down and he sure did. He had a definite a shot at first, and I'll have to, I should have him on here and talk about that. It was a fun match for him. He shot really, really <laughs> well. So I got to stop and give Josh props. A good friend. I think everyone had a shot at first. It just depends how the yeah, weekends go. There was there was five six guys that were right there, and there were some yep. some stages that were just could have gone. That really, I mean, you got killed on stage, and then there was a long range that got me, and then Josh had a real bad go, and there was, and then Isaiah Curtis was burning it down, and he had a bad turn. So, yeah, you're right; it was anyone's game there for a while. The top, yep. what the top three were only separated by three, four points. Yeah, yesterday it was really close too. I, I mean, I, Isaiah had a really good lead yesterday, a yeah. four or five point lead, and then yep. everybody else there was, you know, six or seven shooters within a couple points. So yeah, we were tight yesterday. It was very. Um, you know, very hard fought and close match. It was uh, uh, just little targets out here, and man, was it windy all yeah. weekend long. Uh, yeah, we were holding five, five and a half mils on some of these targets at a thousand yards. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what kind of ridiculousness is that? There was a stage, um, it was <laughs> called. It shot along this gravel road, it was called Grandpa's Road or something. There were these little four inch circles. Well, we should let's see. Let's back up here. Uh, this is a first time match for Doug. First time match. That's I think he's done some club stuff. Yeah. But the first two days, so we didn't know what to expect. Um, we get here. I'm gonna be be real honest. The, I saw the course of fire, and I was like, "This is gonna be a disaster," because it was like stages at like 150 to 250 yards, 300 yards, 400 yards, 300 yards, 200 yards, and then 1,200 yards, and then 300 yards and 200 yards, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" And for the ground he had to work with, the target sizes he picked, the movement he picked, it worked out really better than I thought it was going to work out as far as Agree. challenging. And the wind, I guess if it wasn't windy, maybe I wouldn't be saying that. But the way the wind blew, which it always does out here, they say, I mean, it was blowing 20, 25 today. All day. Um, ripping. We were, there was a stage back to that. There was these little with a four-inch mm-hmm. squares from 200 to 400 to 200 to 380 or something. So our first dopes or, you know, our first elevations are like uh, two tenths, two tenths, three tenths, five tenths, eight tenths. And your wind was on the two tenths dial for elevation. Your wind was six tenths. (laughs) There was six tenths, six tenths, seven tenths, seven tenths, eight tenths. And you're like, you're almost holding a mill and you're dialed up eight tenths. And, um, it was crazy trying to your whole, anyway, it was, uh, the wind made it for a challenging match. Um, And and I think that's a common theme when you have, when you have windy environments and windy places, it really does level the playing field. It really does make it challenging because there's stages where you're just trying to hold still and make Mm -hmm. sure the wind is not shaking you. Yeah. You're off of a spool or something in a prone position and you're, 
25 miles an hour, the wind's actually shaking well, you. Well, we were shooting those four-inch squares yeah. off of the top of a T-post or uh, off the top of a fence post. And so you're trying to use, grab a tripod rear to stable yourself. I was blown, getting blown around. Trying I mean, to some hu- people did. And then some people just tried to shoot it off the post. Did it's just they? hard, yeah. yeah it's if just, you would just get be- If you tried to shoot off a post, you'd get pushed around so much but in the wind, so... Yeah, it was it was crazy. De- definite, definite uh, small targets. I, I would I would say that small targets, especially for the wind, yep. when you have but that too, much not wind. Not too small, I don't think. Well, there was a couple no. stages on Saturday. There were some truing bars that were tricky, but really that everything else they were skinny. He had a lot some skinny yeah. prairie dogs and some tall rectangles, but. I, yeah, I they that, were close. I thought they were pretty good. I thought the target tree was. Wait, I thought it was appropriate. Um, yep. Yep. I don't think that there was any that were super meatball-y, and I don't think that, that there was any that were, um, you know, beyond beyond reasonable, I guess, or or not reasonable as far as too small. Like, yeah. So I thought it was a very good mix of, of that um, today. Uh, so yesterday it was uh, close range, close range, close range. We had one 1,200-yard target. And then back to close range, yeah. and then we had a, we had another two stages that were medium ranges. I think we went out um, yeah, on the truck stage six, was a kind of a medium range out to six hundred or so. Six eighty, yeah. So it was a um, you know he did very well with movement, as John said. I think um, honestly the wind made it. I mean the wind really does. It does kind of level the playing field. If there was no wind and you're just holding straight up at 100 and 200 yards, yeah. then there's you don't have to see anything. You just pull the trigger, yeah. and if your reticle's on it, you're going to hit it because there's no wind. But yeah. in this situation, you really every shot you have to pay attention. Oh yeah, because the wind yeah. at 300 yards is blowing you sometimes one mil, and yeah. so we're holding at 300 yards, you guys, a mil of wind. Yeah. That's typically more than your elevation. You're holding more windage than you are elevation. And so if, you, if you're if you off just a little bit, if the wind dies or the wind picks up and maybe, you know, you're shooting a 4-inch at 300 or, or a 5-inch at 300 and it picks up, you know, a couple miles an hour, that's actually a miss. Yeah, and oh, so yeah. you had to pay attention. Which we had a lot of. Yeah. Um, and which we missed a lot of, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot where you're trying to keep on the plate and you it just dying down from like a 25 to a 20 where you start slipping it off to the other side and you're trying to catch as you start rocking the plate hard, trying to cut and add during your stage. And there was a bunch of stages that in a normal circumstance we'd clean – 90% of the time, I don't even know. And we didn't clean very many. We were getting 9s and 8s where you're trying to keep them on the plate, but you'd slip one or two here or there trying to keep it on between when the wind was going from 18 to 25. And and it, I think the big thing, too, to, to remember for the newer shooters is you really need to watch every single shot. Don't let an opportunity uh, you know pass by where you pull a sloppy shot and then you don't see what happens downrange. Be accountable for that bullet mm-hmm. every single shot. And I think what you're going to find is that when you shoot um, and you see, man, I think I hit the left side of that target or I know I hit the left side of that target, let me give it a little bit more right, and then you start to center it up. You're, every single time you do that, you're gaining points because what happens is that if you don't see it and you slip one off of a side and you miss – RO doesn't call impact, you miss, but then you don't really know because you're not paying attention mm-hmm. to where that goes, so you don't know where to correct. So now not only have you missed your shot, but now you don't know what to do on your next shot. Yeah. So paying attention every single shot is super, super important. And guess what? It's fast. I know that the times are fast, and you sometimes you got to hustle. But obviously, one hit is better than two misses. And so take your time. Get your impacts, and then as you progress and you get better and better at doing that, then obviously naturally that's going to speed up a little bit, and then you can get all those shots off. Oh. You can watch every single one of them and and try to. And some of these stages were long, and so you very well may you know center punch one or see that you hit it on the left-hand side, whatever the situation is, and then make a correction, and maybe it didn't work out. And John actually had a stage like that where he center punched a first round on a few and then slip them low or slip yeah. them left. Yep. And it just, 
that particular stage didn't work out, he still tried to make his best follow-up, his best, abs- you know, mm-hmm. absolutely best uh, possible follow-up shot to make sure he gets another hit. Yeah, we could talk. We don't need to name names, but we could talk about the lesson on the last stage with the guys we were shooting with, you know, with as far as not seeing. So what happened? I'm not going to name their names, but we were shooting with the father, son, had a great time with them, and they were kind of working together. You know who you are. Yeah, you know who you are. (laughs) You're driving home to an unknown state right now. Uh, Great people. We had dinner with them last night, had a fun. uh, I don't know how old the the son is, but he's younger, and uh, he's got – he can shoot pretty good. but his him and his dad his dad wasn't shooting. He was kind of filming and and helping him out. And so they were running the his dad was running the Kestrel. We switched directions 180 degrees with the wind. Well, when it's blowing 20 miles an hour, your elevation changes a lot. Um, with you know when you enter a wind from a nine o'clock or a three o'clock, and we went, we switched from a a three o'clock wind to a nine o'clock wind, and the dad didn't catch it on the Kestrel. So we're running the stage, and his son is just drilling a hole under the target because it was a half mil difference. The difference in the dope was one four to one nine for his gun, or one five to two one, six tenths difference. Yeah, it, yeah, five or six. He was a yeah. little flatter than us, so oh, I think right. it was five. But say, yeah, five yeah. or six tenths difference at four hundred and twenty yards. Um, that was, isn't that just incredible? It's it's crazy. You rarely run into those conditions, but yeah, we, so if when you enter it from a, we, we, yeah, anyway, from a three o'clock and we turned 180 degrees around. Now it's coming from a nine o'clock and it changed. He was, he was, uh, needed two and he was at one five Mm -hmm. more or less. So we say this all the time. What Jake just said, as far as seeing, your shot that we sound like a broken record, but it's probably the top one or two, three things in the sport is seeing your shot and making corrections, right. seeing where he's on the plate and making corrections. So rightfully so the kid gets up, he's frustrated. Um, anybody would be the dad's disgusted in himself <laughs> making, you know, it's, it's, everything's good, but it's funny, but it's not cause he just missed a bunch of shots. However, if the kid had watched his first shot go low, That's right. But then he misses one shot, not seven yeah. or, or whatever. And I'm not throwing. He's young. And he's got a lot of potential. He burned it down on some stages. Like the first two stages Saturday morning, he was ahead of our whole squad by six points on yeah. these two long range stages. He if just he keeps it going. He could yeah. he yeah. could be winning a, a national in in the next year or so. I I mean yeah. these kids are so talented. They're they good. see stuff that other people don't see. So I'm, I I say that I'm giving him props, but I'm also beating up on him a little bit for a lesson for for all of us, and and I th- I think he knows that you know he knows what we're talking about right now. So, um, a good shooter, but it's it's his fault. It's his dad's fault for giving the wrong dope. It's it's his fault for not seeing it in the scope and and fixing it. And we're all guilty of that at some point. But that's the lesson. Like, it doesn't matter if your dope's off. It's like it's like the tape turret drill that we've talked about in the past and. Where you you know you dial some, you 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 change you you have your dope on a on a target. You cover your turret up. Have your buddy turn it up or down, left or right. Take a shot, see where it lands because it's not going to hit your target, and then make that correction and have a second round hit every single time. That's right. It's a super good drill, and uh, we're all guilty of missing some stuff. We were shooting into some rocks on the stage, so it did. It wasn't like a nice spot in dirt when you saw you miss. There was a lot of smoke. A little harder to see your your misses on that stage, but he was consistently low and just stressing the importance of seeing that shot. So, um, we say that so much, it's like a broken record, but I don't think it can be stressed too much is that's what it comes down to a couple stages before we shot a long range stage that started at six or seven and finished at 1200, five target troop line. And I got a four and the wind was ripping and it's my fault. Right at the last minute, I cranked my scope up to 25 because there was a fair bit of paint on the targets and I was hoping I could see the bullet splash in the paint instead of trying to watch Trace go in. And that was a mistake. I hit my first four, so two shots on the first one, two shots on the second one, and then I missed three twice, four twice, Five on my first shot. I held four mils. I needed five plus. I held five. I was low, so I held top of plate and five mils, and I got my very last hit for five points on the troop line. Um, 
that's my mistake for not powering my scope down. You shot it at 17? Yeah, so I shot mine at about 17, 16, 17 power. Um, shot right after me, and you burned it down. Yeah, so I mean, I I tried to, um, I took a little, a slightly different approach, as we talked about. A better um, one, yeah. And I... I knew that the the first target was really little, and so I knew that a a really good wind call was going to kind of set that one up for for success. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was six hundred yards. I love watching Trace in that like five to eight hundred yard uh, range, just because it's for me it's it's just so apparent uh, in that five to eight or four to four and a half to eight, four and a half to nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's it's really easy to watch it. I practice it a lot. And so the very first shot, um, I watched my trace and I basically saw the bullet go kind of to the left-hand side of the of the first target, which was a smaller target. Yeah. Um, and so I made a slight correction. And then on target number two, target three and target four, I felt that they were actually really generous and big targets. Yep. And I like watching Trace on those because uh, you typically can't see them move left or right. And if there's a bunch of spots on them, you're just hoping to get lucky and hit a white spot. Which is what I did. And trying to trying to see it. So I just watched my Trace. Obviously, the wind's coming at that point from right to left. And so, um, you know, you just kind of sling it way out to the right <laughs> and kind of watch it come back, watch it come back. And then trying to figure it out, my my very first shot, I ended up, uh, I saw the bullet go to the right-hand side of the target um, on the trace, and it never crossed over the center of the target. So I knew that I hit the target a little bit on the right. Um, and so I actually held just a little bit less on that, so I knew I held too much wind, which I think at that time was 1.9. Mm-hmm. And so um, I ended up holding 1.8. And ended up hitting that right in the middle. Um, and then I just kind of continued out and tried to follow my trace. Now, it's really hard, and you got to practice it. Um, but when you're holding that much wind, no longer are you looking uh, with your peripheral kind of over the top of your reticle. Instead, what you need to do is you need to, f- uh, I say focus, but I'm, I'm still using my peripheral vision. I'm still using yeah. like a... Um, I guess kind of what I'm, you know, what I'm imagining is when you're driving down the road and you have a crack in your windshield and you're looking at the road, you don't, uh, you don't ever see that crack in the windshield while you're driving. And so what I do is right when I pull the trigger, um, it's kind of like a, a dinner bell for me or like a, you know, like a on off switch and I turn my reticle off. And so now, instead of looking at the reticle, just like that crack in the windshield is the reticle, I'm looking through the reticle, and I'm using my peripheral vision to to pick up the trace. And so that's what you guys can focus on, is basically turning that off for a half or three quarters of a second or whatever it is, and and focus on where it is. For me, all the trace was going to be high right of the target. Um, because of how much wind we were holding like and how far feet, we were shooting. 20 feet, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. It's, it's a long ways right, but through, but, yeah. but through the target, it's actually not as far right yeah. as you think just yeah. because everything is is magnified and it's so far away. So yeah. you pick it up, and then your eyes, um, you know, kind of just in your peripheral vision, it follows it all the way to the target. And what you want to notice is you want to see if the trace of the bullet crosses over the center path of that target. If it does, you know that you've hit on the left-hand side. If it doesn't and you keep it on the right, it's on the right-hand side. And so then you're just focusing on the center path of that of that target and where the bullet goes. Obviously, this is giant if you miss and you can't see it in grass. Which is um, what? Target four for me, I shot two shots and I had no idea. No idea. You know, and that, and then three, three. I slipped one just off the edge. I saw it, made a good correction, missed again, and it was off just, the other side. No, I missed left, and I corrected to the middle, and I missed left again. It was just picking up. That's right. So that was that's that just is what it is. But if I would have picked up that I was on the left side of target two, which is the mistake 
was the correction I made on three was correct. I missed off left. I made a good measurement. I felt like I made a great measurement. I saw it well, made a good correction, still missed. That was when picking up. My mistake was on target two, which I hit twice, but I did not see that I was on the left side that, of the target. Very, very left side. And that was, I didn't know that. You yeah. saw that spotter through the spotter, and I did not see that through the gun, and that's my mistake, which I would, I, would, then I would have known that my wind call for three was off, and I needed to add at, at least three, four-tenths more, which would have got me probably the first round hit. And, and maybe if it picked up, I missed the second round, but at least I get one of those, and I that's know right. it's picking up to take that information to four, which you couldn't see nothing when you missed. That's right. And so once, it's, it's crazy how those things can, can um, multiply. Compounds so yeah, <laughs> multiplies and compounds so fast in those situations. Um, you know, it's like hit, 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 and you miss, and it's just miss, miss, miss. And if if you're not catching it, and I didn't catch it, so. And obviously, guys, this is high level stuff. John won the match, and and he shot great. And so, you know, when we reflect um, as shooters that have been doing this for a while, we we want to reflect and say, um, yes, we did well, but how can we do better? What can we do to get more hits? Is there anything that we can improve on? Um, and so for us, it's important to also look critically at our own shooting abilities and try to get better. You know, that's, yeah. the, that's the name of the game is, is improving, continuing to practice. Um, I made some bad mistakes this week, too. And so I need to learn from those. And I need to, um, you know, continually try to get better and continually try to raise the bar. I think one thing, I mean, what was the, what was probably one thing I need to work on that we can talk about? Uh, Not shooting like an idiot off the tractor. That might be well, the first I was start. Gonna say, I don't know how you control. Jeez there was Louise. A, I was going to say our first stage, day one, we come out all fired up. All right, let's burn this down. Here we go. And we both got threes. Just a right, big, <laughs> right off. It was like the helium out of the blue. <laughs> we started on... To me, maybe the hardest stage of the match. A couple guys burned so. it down, but it was a. Uh, it were they called they were like truing bars. So they're these. I don't know. They're a mill, mill and a half wide, but they're really skinny. Two they're tenths, just, yeah. Two tenths bars, yeah. and they were in this cornfield. It was tough. Four and five, you could barely see in the corn. They were down in the corn. The tree was covering up one of them. Tree so you was covering see up four. four. Five, you could barely see. One was pretty visible. And if your dope was on perfect, two and three was okay. And uh, we didn't really ring our dope out when we got here very well, and we were not on. Um, also, the sun was in our face. It was behind. <laughs> it was behind the targets into our face. Yeah, there was no trace, so we couldn't see. We could barely see the targets because the sun was in our scopes. Yeah, a cloud would face. come by. You'd be like, shoot, 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 shoot. Yeah. You could see. You could see five. Who's up? Who's up? <laughs> oh, it's my turn. <laughs> So, I mean, that's just that was just a prone stage. And when your stuff's on, those stages make you feel like heroes. Our stuff was not. You started tweaking, and we were, you know, messing. Bad I was like, mistake. I think I was high, but the wind was starting to really rip and coming up this hill. And we're like, man, that could have been lift from the hill. And you just don't know, and you're also shooting in the corn, so you're guessing. Like, I think I was high, but I don't know. After a few other long stages, I might have been low. <laughs> I don't even know. Opposite. Like my KY, the 1200 yard, there's 12, 10 shots at 1200 yards on this KYL. And I was way low on my first shot. Dialed up. I got two hits out of 10. I mean, my, my learning was, my long range just, there was four stages, 40 rounds, I got 12 hits out of 40 shots. Those just killed me this week. I did not get a break on those. I shot a lot of positional stuff well and shot pretty well. Um, you had a good mixture, pretty consistent, a couple wind issues, but I got, you know, some beat up on that wind on that KYL, but still, I mean, I got two, you, the high score was a four out of the yeah, whole weekend. It wasn't like it was a big, it wasn't a big point swing big deal, but there were the, probably the hardest thing. There was a tractor, this old picture, those old, it was a John Deere, but those old new international or you know John Deere, all those those steel steel seats, the the old school tractors, and you had to set in the seat, and then you picture the that long steering rod with the steering wheel that's right in your lap on that steel seat. You had to keep your butt in the seat on the seat and shoot off of the steering wheel, which is like two feet in front of you, maybe two feet. It might not. It might, might not. It's not two feet. <laughs> Jeez, my belly was Your almost touching was that freaking thing. So Jake's trying to figure out how to get in there. I was able to like kind of slouch down, and and got somewhat stable on Saturday, and 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 pulled it off today, and and 
you made it through that, but yeah. you, you got killed on that both days. Both days, just got wrecked on it. And um, you know it is what it is. I, I need to... Those are so strange ones. Yeah, it was it was just a it was a stage that wasn't super friendly for for bigger individuals to be able to climb up there. Um, like uh, Trig, you know, he's uh, you know 120 pounds. He just sits in there like a little barricade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Puts it in there, leans into it a little bit. Okay, here we go. It's like uh, oh geez, smokes it and just smoked it. Yeah, so. it would be interesting to go back and play on that and shoot that a few times, see if you could get stable. But yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm bringing a. I'm bringing a chain or a saw, like a sawzall, like a cutting a, torch, a, a metal blade, oh, and a yeah. cutting torch. Yeah, I'm gonna make that thing my size. It's, it's gonna be like three feet the other way. <laughs> it's now. gonna fit next year. Yeah, Guys geez. are like, I'm bringing one of those Uno bags. I'm gonna throw it over the top of that stupid thing. And I'm gonna shoot a prone. But they also but, said you had to shoot from the steering wheel. Yeah, and you couldn't touch. The, That's it's Saturday. They said you have Saturday to shoot. Saturday was specific. Gun off the steering wheel. Yeah. This little metal steering wheel so yeah, that one was uh, that one was i think it tore an ab muscle trying to hold myself <laughs> my up my neck is still sore from that <laughs> so um oh we should we talk let's talk about the fire that was eventful we oh, had a yeah. little ceasefire on saturday they had these there Cease was this fire there huh? was this yeah for the waiting for the fire i'll we'll have to post some pictures on vp but um there was a van and you shot a diamond in front of it a diamond uh, a diamond in front, like to the left of the bumper, and then a diamond right in front of the van. So you, if you missed, you shot into the side of the van, and the diamond off the back of the the van. Well, somebody sent a bullet through the van, the van, and and caught the fuel on fire somehow. So first thing we know, we're like, hey, we're, we're, it was the next stage. Like that van's smoking. Get on the glass. There's fire coming out of the gas tank and the hood and then 10 minutes later the whole thing is just engulfed i mean absolutely it burned everything burned it changed from it was red or something and then it turned red or brown i don't even know and then by the time it was done it was white it was all just burnt off everything was burnt we went cold because the target the wind was blowing really really hard so the black smoke was rolling off we couldn't see the kyl target to the right of it uh, so we went cold for an hour, maybe more, waiting for the smoke to where we could see through the smoke to shoot. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Luckily, it rained. Everything was green. No fire danger. If this happened at home, we would have been freaking out because it would have caught the whole state on fire. Helicopters in tow, yeah. watering it down. We just got to sit there and make jokes and have fun. So that was kind of yeah, fun. it was good. <laughs> it was good. So, so, hey, guys, keep listening. We are uh, giving away the Manners oh yeah. uh, stock gift certificate. So uh, for all you guys that shared the page and commented on uh, why you would like a stock, um, keep listening. We are going to give that away. And then we have a new giveaway as well. Yes. Uh, and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, that is going to be a uh, Kufaru 14er backpack. Yep. It's and an awesome so, pack. It's a pack I use for matches for years. I love it. Yep. And, and it's Kafaro, which is top-notch. Yeah, top-notch stuff. So we're really excited to give that away. We actually were pretty fortunate. We have a little slew of things that uh, either have been donated um, or uh, we've purchased or whatever that we're going to be giving away. So yep. um, I think we're going to maybe try to do some some giveaways, five, six episodes in a row for you guys. So yep. make sure you're listening. They will go fast. You have to comment. Um, you have to kind of listen and make sure that you are abiding by the rules that we are laying, whether it's a comment or a post or a new share, whatever it is. And we'll We'll kind of go over those details as we as we give those away. They all be a little bit different. Yeah, we're just trying to get obviously promote Manners and Kavaro and just all the companies in the sport, um, and just get the get the our listenership. Get try to get decent information out to more people that hopefully can help them shoot a little bit better. Right. We got lots of cool comments from you guys. Lots of guys this weekend were really cool and gracious and and said thanks for coming out and they appreciate the podcast, which is it's nice. So we appreciate that. So. Um. Yeah, we'll do that in a little bit. Um, what was? Do you have any favorite stages from this weekend? Stick you out know, to you? I typically like the. Um, I like the movement stages. Yeah. I, I always have. I like. I like uh, getting my heart rate up a little bit. I like the barricade stages. I like you know something that just gets you excited. Uh, typically, you know the go 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 type stages. There was a few of those this weekend. Um, which I enjoyed. Uh, yeah. Maybe they were even shorter. Uh, one that I really liked was a uh, 
was the van stage. So we shot the three targets, yeah, uh, sure. left of the van, center of the van, right of the van. Oh. And you had to uh, shoot, uh, you had 10 different positions on a barricade. And you had to shoot left target, one shot, then move to a different position. And then center target moved to a different position. Right target moved to a different position. So mm-hmm. it was a, a very challenging um, stage that you had to think about beforehand and you had to execute yep. uh, very efficiently or you weren't even going to make it through the stage. And I actually was yep. fortunate to do well on that. And then yep. I made it. it uh, I did. I cleaned it. And yep. I think I was one of the only few cleans. And then I actually I it was went maybe yeah, one two or something. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so that was a good stage for me. That and, was a fun stage. That one made you – you had to focus the whole time. I dropped my 10th shot, which is the worst. Yeah, what are you doing? Because you know it's shooter error. Unreal. Just, I don't care what it is. There's not wind. It's not yeah, – I just yeah, – I, I, just, was, I was rushing, and I was. I knew the clock was running out, and I just didn't break the shot I wanted to break. But, yeah, it was a <laughs> – I'm happy with a nine, but it was a, it was a fun stage. That yeah. one stuck out to me as well. Um, I, I did like that one. There was another one that I also liked, which was an unknown distance stage. Yeah. And, uh, it was a prone stage. Uh, no, it was a tri, it was a tripod stage. Maybe. Nope. That was prone. It was a prone, the prone, the tripod was the next stage of the prairie dogs. That's right. So this was a prone stage. Um, and the reason I like this is because it was very doable. Um, and more, you know, they say unknown distance. And so immediately what you think about is you think about your elevation, but you cannot lose track of your windage because that was actually more important on this particular stage because the targets were like, uh, I would say they're four inch wide by probably 12 inches tall. I agree. So they were vertical, they were vertical, big vertical rectangles that were really long. And so you could... You could hold, you know, just center on your first couple, and then he gave you the, the yardage on the first up. one was only one twenty five. So you started close, and so you had that reference that okay, that target's one twenty five, and you know everything else from there is further. That's right. Um, and since they were skinny, you had to focus on your wind, and then you had to hold over. You couldn't dial, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's not obvious, but well, yeah, you, yeah, it was you, no dial, you no range. Dial. Yeah. Was all guess yeah. it. You, you couldn't range them. You couldn't dial, but they weren't they weren't super far. The farthest one was four hundred or three hundred or you know yeah. We guess we guess three hundred ish, just because of the area we were shooting in wasn't very far. I don't know. I guess we never do. I don't know how exactly how far it yeah, was, but Doug, I guess three hundred. After afterwards, Doug and I ranged it, and I think it was three eighteen. Oh, was it to that top one? Yeah, so I just was guessing three, and I knew if I held up at the very top of that plate that I wouldn't drop below. It was my estimate. Yeah, and and, and you never would because yep. you're, you know, I mean, what do you we drop at 300 yards? There was a couple of us hit right there at the bottom. But, yeah. But I you could tell right. that people that had hit some of those far tires were doing the same thing because there was a group down at the bottom corner and quarter, and you're assuming, like, okay, the guys that hit probably just held top of plate. Yeah, and I never hit that. I never hit that far target, so I don't. I don't have any experience on that. <laughs> I got it barely. Jeez. I hung on, but um, yeah, it was wind. I mean, we we're holding. It was blowing a little less, but still, your hat. We we're guessing half mil, six tenths out there, and we we're hitting those. Yeah, you know. So that was the fun stage. I, I like that stage. An unknown stage could get real silly and dumb in a match. You could have you know four, five, six hundred yard targets probably, and then get have it get kind of weird but when you do generous height targets and you make them it's just fun it's like a blind stage where it gets in your head where it's probably not that yeah. tough but just not being able to range makes you think a little bit so that was kind of different you don't see that much so that was fun i think um, maybe my least favorite stage uh that i would really like a second chance at had to be those uh our first stage on day I one agree. I don't know what I do I would love to shoot it again and again and again yeah. and again just to yeah just to dial stuff in and get a a really good idea of what where my bullets going you know and I'd like what to know exactly what's going I, on guessing that I was high was correct same with you exactly like, I don't even I really high, don't know little, yep that's all right all I did was put a ton of doubt in our minds going to the rest of the match we're like oh what just happened yep and uh I, I mean it could I agree I don't think there was a worse day to start on. <laughs> that was bad. I mean, Isaiah went up there. I looked at scores. Isaiah got a 9 out of 10 on that. Just unbelievable. Other than that, the top score was like a 3, though. 
No, Trade got a six. Oh, that's that's true. Yeah, you're right. Clough got a six. I mean, there's some guys that got just hammer, and he was Trade was just dead center, just center, center, man, center, it center, looked center. So good, and it man. was just I was like, he was first shooter too. I was like, yeah. sweet, this will work. Yeah, then, first uh, shooter, clean oh, paint, just, and he centered him. Just brutal. That was awesome. But um, yeah, that was a, that's a tough. It was just in the corn was tough. If you could have seen him land, it probably would have helped. But being in that corn was tough. But unique area, North Dakota. I haven't been out here shooting. Um, lots of crop, soybeans and corn, and and pretty flat. We were able to shoot the area we shot in. That actually had some some variation in the ground. Kind of dropped away. Kind of shot up on some hills and down. So it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of been. They're not. I wouldn't say breaks, but river bottoms and a little bit more terrain so that was cool they get wind out here these boys get a lot of wind practice Jeez, some really good shooters out of here if these guys if these guys you know got a club together and really pushed it man they would get good out here in this wind i mean i think it's yeah because when you go from a windy environment and you go to somewhere where it's no wind you're not shaking the wind's not moving you the wind's not moving the barricade <laughs> it's crazy you just hold center and send it and it's like oh that's how that works yeah impact okay yeah, yeah. Of course, this would have been it would have been a weird course fire in in a lot of environments, but in this one, it worked out. Yep. You know, it did. It, it was it was fun. It turned a lot of close range stages into challenging. Like, I mean, I ran wind numbers more at two and three hundred yards at this match than I've done at a lot of matches at seven and eight hundred yards. We like, right. yeah, I'll just you know, favor right of that target, read the first shot, and go from there. And and this one was like you're like running kestrels at 220 yards trying to figure out if you're going to hold four tenths or six tenths. <laughs> Just nuts. So, <laughs> or seven. Yeah, I mean, some of them were – I it mean, was, there were definitely yeah. a lot of shots where we held more wind than elevation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that 200 – we, we dialed .2 and we're holding .6 on wind. I know. <laughs> what in the world? Are you kidding me? I know. It just it – it didn't feel right. It didn't feel but right. But we got hits at it. Yeah. Yeah. You burned that one down. So. Hey, we got some questions. Why don't you yeah, roll well, through that question? We got a couple. We got a couple from a, a little bit ago. But um, Eric Jensen, he's from, God, he's from overseas. Sweden somewhere or yeah, something? Yeah. I don't want to say the wrong. Anyway, he's, he's overseas. Good guy. Um, shot us a handful of questions. Um, he said, um, he couldn't remember if we covered it. Now, we've talked about it, all, all these things probably a little bit, but he said he'd like an episode, which I, may be a little bit too much, but um, of an in-depth of how to deal with clock nerves. Oh, good question. Or how to stay calm after the RO gives engage or the timer goes beep. So when the RO says time starts now, how to how to stop the mind meltdown. Um couple of gear recap a few other questions but we'll talk about that timer the clock nerves a little bit so so uh thoughts so i um i I love this uh this is something that is completely 100 percent fixable or uh, you can prepare for it and there's a couple ways one is be very confident in your approach So when you're confident in your approach and you know exactly what you're going to do and it's planned out, um, then a lot of that, uh, a lot of that freak out, uh, goes away. It goes away because you know exactly what you're going to do. And so when you take the time to visualize, uh, you take the time to, um, visualize your positions and, and even when you're visualizing guys, Um, even think about what knee you're going to put down on a positional stage. Am I going to go single knee? Am I going to go double knee? What's comfortable for you? And obviously you would, you will have to practice that and know at certain heights, what's comfortable for you. And then even to the point where you're thinking about and visualizing, you know, maybe putting your bipod down or putting your bipod up or taking your bipod off. And so one, uh, uh, position that I, you know, had a good time on this week was a truck stage. And so from the truck stage, we shot off the very front fender of the truck. And then that was one of my favorites. And we had to go to the top of this particular truck off the, off the top of the cab. And then it was a flatbed in the back and it was just the frame. So we went off three different parts of the frame. And so I'm standing behind, uh, you know, the truck and I have my binos. I'm looking at the targets. There's two targets. And so I'm looking at the close one. I'm looking at the far one. And I'm visualizing 
just in my own head. What am I going to hold? What am I going to dial? What's my wind? Um, you know, and I'm even, you, you very well might see some videos of me practicing with my hand, dialing a scope and then going back. Uh, all those things really can help with the process because you're very confident in what you're doing and you've done it again and again. And so a lot of the times people get nervous. Uh, why do you get nervous? You get nervous because it's your first time doing something. Just, I mean, think about any time that you've done something for the first time. You're nervous. You're nervous on your first date. You're nervous on your first speech, you know, in front of people. You're nervous, right? And so you have mm-hmm. that exact same nervousness. And so the, the, the reason that we're combating that or how we're combating that is by visualizing and, and really running it through our head over and over. And so now when we do it, now when we actually uh, perform and, and, and start shooting the stage, it's almost as, as if we've already run the stage two or three or four times um, in our head. And so now it's just repetition and hoping the wind holds and, you know, seeing the target, uh, watching everything, watching the bullet fly. And so all your movements are very, um, I, I don't know if it's choreographed is the right word, but uh, just practiced already. Um, you, you've mm-hmm. already practiced them in your mind. And so you know what to do. You know where to put your bipod. Um you know, and so the truck stage is a good example because we had to we had to stretch the bipod way out front to reach it, uh, both fenders so that we could shoot off the fenders. And then we went up to the hood, and it was important on the hood as you get up there to lower your bipod one click. And so you want to lower your bipod a click so it's not too high so that you can reach the rear bag. And then after that, on the way down, you're grabbing your bag, and at the same time you're grabbing your bag, you're clipping... You're, excuse me, you're unclipping your bipod because now you don't need your bipod and it's down. Mm-hmm. And it's faster to unclip than it is to fold up both of your feet. Yep. And so then you put your bag down. How are you putting your bag down? For me in this particular stage, I was going to have the bag on the first position um, on its side. And that was going to give me the elevation I needed to shoot. So just visualizing, grabbing the bag with my left hand and grabbing my rifle with my right hand. Uh, putting the bag down on its side, gun goes on there. I give it a little wiggle to kind of settle the bag. I drop down. How am I dropping down? I'm dropping down left knee up, and so I'm a lefty, oh. and so I'm left knee up. And this is also there was another back wheel there. Perfect. I'm visualizing my back leg, my left leg, touching that wheel a little bit, trying to get a little bit more points of contact. Okay, I've made those two shots. Now let's grab the rifle, grab the bag, move around back to the, you know, the, the fourth position, putting the bag down. Is this the same, you know, the same frame? Yep, it sure is. So I'm going to continue to put my bag down on the side. Great. Bag stable. Put my rifle on there. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm going to give it another little wiggle, settle it as I come down. Uh, my left knee is still up. And so I'm running through the, you know, you guys get the hint. I'm going to do this a couple different times before the stage. And so now I've ran through this stage over and over and over again. So when it's time to do it, all I'm focusing on is just the target. I'm mm-hmm. focusing on where the bullet's hitting and I'm not worried about anything else because I've already done it. Yep. That was a very long witted answer, <laughs> but that's exactly what I try to do. No, that's good. I, I think, um, there's a variety of things. I think, like you said, the first time, uh, you do anything, you have the potential to be nervous. I think you've been doing this for a long time, and your personality, your personality and my personality are pretty different in, in some aspects. Uh, I don't think you get nervous like a lot of people do. And I remember starting, we're in a hotel like this, and I'm like, dude, how do you, because when the beeper goes off, I was Hearts pounding. I still get nervous. Like I haven't shot for a while, and so the last few matches, like the NRL champ, the Hunter Championship, like I was, I was telling Matt, I was like, "Man, my heart, I'm getting like excited." And then this match, like, kind of get going. The first day, I was all flustered and shooting fast, and just not in my normal groove, and had to slow down. And so I think I'm more um, susceptible, high strong, like just. And Jake's just chill. And I remember sitting in a hotel like this, like when I first started, you know, four years ago, we started traveling. I was like, I couldn't sleep. I was like, dude, how do you sleep at night? Because I was like, stay. I couldn't go to sleep the night before a comp. And he's like, 
oh, I just, what do you mean? I sleep real good. And, and, and now I sleep really good. Like I don't, I, I get tired. I don't even worry about it. So part of that is reps. Um, the more you do stuff, the right. more used to it you get. Um, I still get wound up on the first few stages and it's just, to me, every single match is I need to get through two or three stages. If I can hang on for two or three stages, I'm off to the races. So I'm still, I still get the f- first stage jitters and, and you just, um, to deal with it, I just try to get through the first couple stages without, without, um, just, just hanging in there. And, and to me that comes back to your shot mantra for Jake's it's, it's BTF. Mine is breathe and squeeze, or I'll do a variation of, of different things. Just something I'm saying to myself, um, which I didn't do a great job this weekend, but, um, that's when I was, you know, when I'm shooting a lot, that's something that can help me slow down and, and be more purposeful. But, mm-hmm. You kind of got to figure out what works for you because everyone's personalities are different. Some right. people are really chill. Some people are wound up. I tend to be more, like Jake said, probably probably more high strung. He's more chill. Everyone's a little bit different. So it's going to be a little bit different for each person. Reps and certainly don't help. I sleep now. It matches. Um, I am more calm. Um, I remember my first, <laughs> I can't, man, when I was starting off, I just, the whole weekend, my heart's just pounding at every stage. I can't. You know, I, I definitely know how that was, and I'm getting better at it. And I, th- I think a lot of it just comes from repeti- rep- repetition um, and practice. And I do go over things in my head. There was a stage this weekend where I was like, he's like, shooter ready. I was like, no, hold on. And I was sitting there. I closed my eyes, <laughs> and I ran through it one more time because I was I was a little nervous. It was a tricky one. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set my bag here. Exactly what Jake just went through. I'm going to. I'm going to drop the gear here. I'm going to stage my gun here. I'm going to get the tripod deployed here. I'm going to, and then I just ran through that again real quick, quick in like five seconds in my head. And, and that helps. You got to have a plan. Um, mm-hmm. And those are some things in my head. Anything else that you can, that you can think of on that? Um, so the question was how to, how to not get nervous. I guess what was the question? Again? Yeah. Just to, to, uh, how to deal with clock nerves, how clock to stay nerve, calm yeah, after the nervous. RO in, gives engage or the timer goes beep. I, I've got to say again, and we t- I talked about this with a, with another guy, um, one of the, another guy in our squad this weekend as well. And, and he, and he was saying to me, which I've seen people do over and over and over again. He goes, he goes, everything is great until I m- mess up and then it snowballs. So, mm-hmm he would start a stage and do really well, or he'd forget to dial and then frantic kicks in, or you'd miss one and you wouldn't see it. And your heart rate goes up and you just rack a bolt and you send another one without being like, okay, (laughs) there was one particular target where the target was the bottom of the target, the sides of the target where all you could see where the bullet went. The only place you couldn't see where a bullet went would be if you went over the top. Well, he misses and he just sends it again without thinking. Well, if you think for a second, we we didn't see the bullet land, and it was a very easy place to see a bullet land. The only place it could have gone was high. So now you're just going to hold low. But he shot so fast that he didn't think about that until he shot again, and he got it the second time. He just barely clipped. He barely sees something over the top, and then he fixed that. And we talked about that on the last stage. Um, I see a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, clock nerves, maybe they start smooth, but as soon as a mistake happens, whatever it is, they drop the bag off the barricade. And instead of grabbing the bag and picking back up and stay calm, they just put their gun on the barricade and start shooting. No, grab your bag, <laughs> reset your position. We saw that. They saw this, this weekend. We a see it times. every weekend. Yeah. Every time someone moves and a, and a bag drops off the front, Hey, spend three seconds, Grab the bag. Maybe you don't get one shot off instead of breaking seven more wobbly <laughs> ones with no bag. And so some of it is just physically forcing yourself to chill, to to be like, just take a deep breath. I mean, there are breathing exercises. I know there's stress managed, like big in, hold, long exhale. There's different things you can do like that. There's all you can read about that stuff all over online of. You know that kind of stress breathing, or I don't know what they call it, but and that's why I like breathing every single shot. Yeah, there's a really lot of shooters that that it seems like they go the entire stage, <laughs> and then after they're done, they take a giant, <gasps> you know, and they're just they're like gasping for air. That's it's so like true. relax every shot. You pull the trigger. Okay, when you roll the bolt up into the rear, take a big old inhale. Then you push the bolt forward and you close it. Now you can exhale. 
And it just makes, in, in, this is my opinion, and this is what I teach. I mean, this is what mm-hmm. we teach, but it's, it's just, it also helps relax. It mm-hmm. helps get some oxygen and starts to think straight a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you see people not breathing, they're just, they're in panic mode yep. and they're in constant get through the stage as fast as possible. And I, I just don't think that's a very successful way to shoot, and that's a very successful way for, for precision rifle shooters to hit a bunch of targets. I think um, in this game, we have plenty of time to breathe, and let's make sure we have as much oxygen and we're making the best decisions uh, that are possible. You know, like we... You know, we watch fights and somebody is getting choked out. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not making great decisions and they're about ready to pass out. Yeah. Um, and so guess what? You just gotta, uh, you know, like what you said, you have to do something that works for you. That's super, super important. Everybody's different. Everyone attacks the stage a little bit differently. Everyone does stuff a little bit differently. Um, obviously we're trying to give, you know, um, all of our listeners, uh, just a little glimpse of what we do and what's successful for us. But ultimately y'all got to, you know, see what works for you best. Um, yeah, no, holding your breath is not best. So don't try that. Obviously that's, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying, but everyone does something a little bit differently. It's true. Yeah. Everyone's a little different. Some people want to stay real calm. Some people drink monsters and stay focused. It works for them. Like there's all, it I takes, I cannot a, imagine drinking a monster and going trying to shoot a match. <laughs> there's some good shooters that do it. So I don't know about that. <laughs> there, are, there are, but that's what I'm, that's my point is everybody, you got to find what works for you, and that's going to come through reps. And don't, yeah, you, you you're not going to go be a, a top shooter, your first shooter. You're not gonna, you're gonna have bad stages. You're gonna do dumb stuff. You're gonna forget to dial. You're gonna dial wind the wrong way. You're gonna hold the wrong way. You're gonna drop your bag. You're not gonna make good corrections. Because I still do those things every once in a while. Um, I try to do them less and less. Yeah, that's right. Um, Please learn, learn from those mistakes. Make your, make your mistakes and learn from them. Well, you brought up fights. I'm sure there's a, a fight expert out there. We could, we could pose your question to. Let's pose this. Okay. Bad boy. We're watching a fight. This is probably the discussion that goes on all around America every weekend with a bunch of dudes. <laughs> um, so we're at a restaurant. On, let's start the chick one first. The chick one. Yeah. That, oh, that's fair. Uh, like how big of a guy it would take to be a, it's a, kind of the same question i guess you're right yeah yeah same okay question. so same question is jake sat in there he goes what you, i could take these guys you don't know he goes no they're how, girls first <laughs> and then people are saying there's a hundred there's like 115 pound girls fighting and these guys are telling no. these guys are saying that they could beat me up. <laughs> no, I, like, I no. said the guys. I said the guys. You said how big of a guy would it take That's right. to beat me up? To for to beat Jake up. If Jake if he's like if I was, you know, I was in good shape and you know, he's like I'm athletic and he and how big of a guy he's like, could a hundred pound guy beat me up? Could it you know, could a 120, 130, and I... And Where, my, what's the number? What's the number? And I'm curious, for y'all, you fighters, I know Justin Watts is a fighter, there's some jujitsu guys, and I said, like the Gracies, I said, what if you took a 150-pound Gracie? I said, he'd kill you. And Jake's like, oh, I don't know. I was like... I think a hundred and twenty pound Gracie might kill you. <laughs> and, so then, and what's the number? I don't know that number. I think it's I low. think a hundred and fifty pound. There was a hundred and fifty pound guy fighting on the TV the other night. He Last a, night, he was a mean looking dude. Yeah. I ain't getting well, in any were, sort of ring with you him. You went from one eighty about to one fifty when he came on TV. He looked mean. He looked mean. <laughs> so I'm curious. What I wonder what the number is. Could a hundred pound Top of the like elite anybody jujitsu hundred pounder could he beat a two hundred and fifty five? <laughs> I know I'm a little heavy, so stop it. It's unreal. I'm two, probably two fifty three right now. Two fifty three. Let's 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 keep it conservative. Could a hundred pound to you jujitsu experts? I don't know where you want to answer this. I'm curious. I would lo- I would. We, so we talked about pay per view. I would pay for that in a heartbeat <laughs> to watch a bunch of guys who thought they could beat up guys get beat up by hundred pounders. Maybe I don't know if hundred pounds pretty small. Anyway, okay. That, I'm just the, saying that's the gist of the question. There's no. So one fifty, you say they There's win. There's no. So one forty, you win. I think a 150, I think you're a full-grown man, and I think if you got the skills, you're going to put a whooping on me. Okay, well, 140, I though, you take I don't em? think a 100-pound person so, 
any hundred pound person. What about one thirty? See, I, I don't know what the number is. Okay. I've I just got, don't know, but I I'm know curious. that the number's not 100 pounds. If anybody knows where there's a fight that we could set up with Jake, I'll pay money. I just grab the 100-pounder, lift him up with one hand. I mean, there's... I feel like you could hold a 100-pounder off, but I don't yeah. know. Maybe... There, what if he was an There's expert? no... Okay, there's no... Let's just... let's. There's no 100-pounder. That's true. I mean, there's no 100-pounder. It was 120. I think 120 is the number. I don't. I don't know what that line is. All right, tell but us. It's, tell us it's it's a good line. line. If you know about it, I'll pay it's money to watch line. Jake. I, I guess. I guess Watts would be a really good. We'll have to ask him. A gauge. Say, hey, at what point? We'll send JTAG a question. At what point? <laughs> JTAG podcast. Yeah, we'll send JTAG podcast. <laughs> at what point does weight? Does weight and size? Obviously, there's size with the weight. Does weight and size make a difference? On on uh you know just a standard you know standard person oh. i don't know like for him he's a whatever belt he is a purple belt or blue belt or know. brown or whatever hot pink belt hot pink belt whatever it is so he's a hot pink belt yeah. and he's <laughs> i think he's 175 pounds so at what point for a black belt could Justin Watts beat you up? Could Justin we could probably, Watts? We could probably actually set this fight up. Where is the Where is the line <laughs> for Justin Watts? He's 175. Can a hundred pound black belt beat him? I don't think so. But he's also a fighter. We were talking about a non fighter. I, and a fighter. Okay, you're right. I understand that. So a non fighter, an athletic, a formerly athletic, <laughs> 254 formerly pounder. athletic, is 200. being very generous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. If you guys have any info, we're, I'm curious. We were trying to settle a bet. Like I said, I'll pay money for, to watch that Jake get fought Just, by a 120-pound. There's no 100-pounder, I will Gracie. say that. Line up a Gracie. <laughs> Gracie, if you got a 100-pounder, <laughs> bring he, him, or she, or her, or bring him on. whatever. Let's go. <laughs> All right, sorry for that tangent. Anyway, dominate um, myself a hundred pounds. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. Anyway, Eric, I hope I hope that's uh, somewhat yeah. helpful. Reps, uh, rehearse in your head, visualize. Those are things I'm sure you've heard. But there's a lot of. Th- I mean, we talk about a lot of things and we reiterate them in a lot of different ways. There's only so much that goes into the sport, and you just some of it's simple. People want magic, secret tricks. A lot of it you guys know and it's just practice and it's reps and it's doing what you already know. There's so many guys, the best guys will end up holding the wrong way. I, I don't want to throw Josh under the bus, but he had this match. He, on his last stage, he made a critical mistake, dialed win the wrong way. Then may or may not have cost him this match. I don't know. Yeah. It cost him a lot of points. Cost him a lot of points. Um, so, and he's been shooting this a lot. So, um, and now he's a, he's an expert. Because he got second. He's an expert. There's no more luck involved. Josh. Love you, buddy. Um, Anyway, uh, let's wrap this up. We're almost at an hour. There's some more Eric we'll get to next time about gear and some other things. um, All right, drum roll. Uh, Manners. Oh, buddy. This is a good prize. Manner, yeah, this is a great prize. This is a like a fourteen hundred dollar stock. So a great prize. So the random drawing for manners B. Dub thirteen, Boom. B-dub thirteen, uh, stocks yours. So send uh, send us a message um, on Facebook or Instagram, and uh, we will get it shipped your way. Enjoy that thing. Make some posts about it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, thank all the people that are needed in that, and uh, just enjoy it. Have fun with it. Build a build something and let lots of people use it and get hands on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Next giveaway is Kufaru 14er. Uh, we will give that away next episode. So these are going to go pretty fast, guys. Um, really focus on uh, this one. Next episode that Jake and I do. That's right. We may do. I might. I need to do one with Matt pretty quick about Interrail Hunter. But anyway, but yeah, it'll be it will, it'll be pretty quick next week or two. Yep. Um, this. Uh, Kufaro 14er pack. Uh, it is a multicam uh, pack, uh, brand new, obviously. Uh, what we'll do is uh, take this post. We want you guys to to share it. Um, don't just make a comment on uh, a comment on the actual thread, which you can do as well. 
um, that'll probably get you another little entry. But also take it, share the post, share, uh, you know, VP, obviously tag us and the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Thank, uh, what's Kafaro's handle? Uh, it's just Kafaro International, I think. Let me double check. Um, it's Kafaro is K I F A R U. Uh, Aaron Snyder, Frank Peralta, awesome guys. Uh, big in the hunt, big in the hunting side. Like um, their 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 hunting frames carry. That's what I use on all my my big backpack hunts. They carry weight really really well. Um, they're. And I have a 14er for my hunting pack, so that's what I use. Uh, yeah, I look, mean, you can you can use that thing for everything. You can. 14er's a day pack. It's what I use for match packs. It's not their hunting frame. It's an internal frame. It's, it's just what I use because I'm a very amateur hunter. Let's just, <laughs> let's just admit it here. It's a, but the 14er in specific is a great pack. It's the internal frame. It fits in. Um, I use it for my airline pack. It goes in the overhead compartment, and I use it. Um, so I carry all my stuff in it. Match pack. It's my matchback, and then they make great hunting frames. But their their Instagram is Kufaru underscore International, so I N T L. So it's K I F A R U underscore I N T L. Just just search Kufaru. They got like one hundred twenty four thousand followers or something. They're Jeez, they're big time. Anyway, they make awesome awesome stuff. Great dudes over there, and they're cool enough to send us uh send us some packs. Um, so that's uh coolest matchback there is. So, like Jake said, share, um, and we will grab one of you guys. Share the post. Create a new post. Yeah, create a new post. Share. Obviously tag some of your tag, buddies. Tag We're just, you know, obviously share the love. Trying to get more listeners and help more people out shooting. And uh, hope to see you guys, more of you guys out there. I know it's strange times with reloading components and everything being and rare crazy. and expensive and and <laughs> rare strange times in this world. So, uh, anyway. Keep practicing. Um, we will do, like I said, I got one with Matt. I need to do when I get home. Um, um, but it feels good to be talking to you guys again. It feels good to be shooting again. We've had a break. House is just pretty much done. Just waiting for countertops. And Jake's shop is pretty much wrapped That's up. Right. Looks really good. So it's fun to get some of those big projects behind us. So anyway, thanks again. Appreciate you guys. Toodles.